Um, because, you know, when, when you marry somebody, the Bible says, the two shall become one, <laughs> right? So um, sometimes we think a lot alike. And uh, she completes my sentences. If, I, if my brain starts to cavitate, she can figure, she can take on with the, uh, the, with the thought. <laughs> so um, we're going to actually continue with the series of evangelism. Uh, I have uh, two favorite topics since I have come to know Christ, and that is love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and then love people. And that's, that's, it makes it really simple. I only have two topics that I have to figure out in my life, and that's exciting. Because first of all, loving on Jesus, that's amazing. Because when we love on Him, He opens up our hearts more and more and more, right? To where we can start to become one with his heart. See, the marriage is just, is just a picture of what God wants with us, right? Can you see that? The two shall become one. The two shall become one, one heart, one mind. Knowing the voice of the Lord. Well, actually, that was uh, not even in my notes, but hey, that's just where I decided to go. So, I want to I ask you guys, the question is, um, I challenge you, live with purpose. What is your purpose? What, is, what, what gets you up every morning, uh, besides the alarm clock? You know, what's really, really cool is I've, uh, uh, I have, I shouldn't say I, the Lord and I have this agreement, I don't need alarm clocks, because he knows that when he wakes me up, I'm going to go to him, and I look forward to that time in the morning. There's nothing like the morning for me. Um, I'll get up, there's times he'll work, wake me up at three o'clock in the morning, that just means I have a longer time with the Lord, or he gets me up at four o'clock, or he gets me up at five, five o'clock is the normal time that the Lord calls me. I just open up my eyes, I get out of bed, and I know who I'm going to meet. And uh, it, it does something for me. It encourages me that the Lord loves me so much that he's going to tap me on the shoulders. Okay, it's time for our meeting. Woohoo! This is good stuff, right? So um, live with purpose. So this, this whole message... I'm going to go around, I'm going to speak about evangelism, but maybe in a different way, because everybody has heard the message, we've got to go, we've got, what's the Great Commission? Go, teach, baptize, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Everybody knows Matthew 28, right? How many people have been in church longer than 50 years? Been coming to church. All right. That's quite a bit, quite a few people. You've heard lots of messages, haven't you? And a lot of those is about going winning the lost, right? How many people have been in church longer than 40 years? All right. So more hands should be going up. 
How about 30 years? Right? 20 years? All right. How about 10 years? All right. Bless God. Is, is there any, and I don't mean any disrespect, is there any newbies? Like, you just got saved. All right. Bless God. That's awesome. And of course, even in a crowd this size, there's people that don't know the Lord. They may think they know the Lord, but they don't know the Lord. And I'm not the judge. I'm not the one going to point anybody out because I'm not studying people's lives, except maybe to show love to them. Um, but if you don't know the Lord, you are our honored guest. Thank you for coming. I hope that you're treated with love here. Um, so I wanted to start off with um, Ecclesiastes 12.13. Now this is kind of different with evangelism, but Ecclesiastes 12.13. Now it's kind of common knowledge that Solomon wrote the book. It's not saying Solomon wrote this book, um, but he was pretty wise, and it says a wise man wrote this thing, so, <laughs> and he was pretty wise, so I'm going to say Solomon wrote this book, um, and is everybody there? All right, yep, 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 yep. Don't worry, we've got all day. I, uh, you know, I, I've been known to talk forever. <laughs> but you can throw stuff at me if I get too long. So it says in Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 12, 13, it says, Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the duty of all mankind. Those two things. God gives us two things. Fear God. It's 1213, Ecclesiastes. Am I right? Okay, awesome. So two things he gives us commandments to do. Actually, after Solomon, you know, he goes through his meaningless, everything is meaningless uh, speech. But then he comes up with the conclusion of the matter is, fear God, keep his commandments. All right, so let's run to Matthew 22, uh, 37 through 40. Let's see. Does this work? Click. I had trouble with this last time. But this one isn't mine. I know. Oh, I have to put it on. Turn it on. I got the. Oh, it, it vibrated. Let me go there. And then there. All right. Awesome. Thank you. You're awesome. I love you, man. <laughs> so, um, so, anyways, so remember fear God and keep his commandments. So, Jesus said. Love the Lord your God with all your heart 
and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest commandment. In the second, in the second is, love your neighbor as yourself. All the laws and the prophets hang on these two commands. So remember, Ecclesiastes says, fear God, keep his commandments. This is the commandment. Love God, love people. That sums everything up. This is exciting because how many laws were there in, in the Old Testament? Two, 200, 300. It was just like ridiculous of everything that you had to remember and you had to keep them, which was impossible. But can we love God and love people? All right. So it doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't say love people if or love people because. The command is love people. So somebody on the street, I'm going to love according to how the Holy Spirit enables me to love. I'm going to share a story that just happened a few days ago. And if you love people, you're going to be in contact with people. Your people are going to come to you. You don't have to go to them. It's, uh, it's kind of like reverse uh, Matthew 28. Go. They, they come to you because there's something about you. So um, uh, my secretary... Uh, is uh, she's she's a wonderful woman, love her a whole bunch, and uh, she works half day, and so she drove home, which is about five minutes away from the office. And here's this guy in the in his driveway with this long motorhome, and he's stuck there. But instead of him calmly saying, "Hey, I'm stuck here. Can I get some help?" He starts yelling at her, and she kind of freaks out, rolls up her window, doesn't get out of the car. She calls her husband. Her husband's far away, and then her husband says, call Greg, and so they call me, or she calls me, and she says, there's this guy yelling at, in, at my house at me, and I'm stuck in the car. Would you come? And I said, yes, because, because um, one of my favorite verses 1 Corinthians 13, love protects, right? I'm a protector of people. And so I jump in my truck, I zip over, and here's this guy, sure enough, this 40-foot motorhome, a raggedy motorhome, and uh, he, I drive right up to him, and he's just all this red, he's red-faced, and he's out of control. And, and so... He, uh, so I get out of my car and I go right to him and I, I say, what's going on? And he used some bad words that I can't say. Um, and then he pointed to my secretary, who's a good friend of mine, and he says, that blank and blank is taking my picture. And I get up in his face and I said, if you want to escalate this right now, let's go. That was a lot of love, wasn't it? <laughs> but I said, I said, life is too good for this. And he says, no, it's not. And he says, my mother just died. 
my father's on crack and I have a motorhome that's stuck. I said, I would love to help you, but you have to calm down. I want to help you calm down. And he slowly got notched down. And so I said, I'm going to leave you. I got to go back to my shop, but I'm going to help you. And so I run to my shop. I get a battery that he needed. And come back, and he puts it in this thing, and it starts right up. And I looked him in the eyes after we were done, and I said, there's good in this world. I didn't say, you need to be saved. Jesus is alive and well, and, and you need to repent for your sins and, you, you know, the, the, the things that we've been taught. Um, and, I, uh, and I said, there's, there's good in this world. And he says, yes, you And he didn't, I didn't get a chance to sit down with him and love on him the way that I think I should or I want to, but that was the opportunity that I had. So it started off with, I'm in your face, to he basically said he loves me, right? We are always given these opportunities to love on people especially the ones who are not lovable. There's a key to everybody's heart, and it's our job to find it. It's our job to find it. Now, if I ever see him again, he's going to remember me. I'm going to remember him. And I pray that God brings me across his path again. Uh, but let's see here. I better speed up because, man, oh, man. Hang on. Right, okay. So it's all about this crazy thing called love. Let's, let's, uh... yeah, so if um, the, the two things, Ecclesiastes says, fear God and uh, keep his commandments. Then Jesus said, love God, love people. Everything hangs on love. If you want a good friend, it hangs on love. If you want a good wife or husband, it hangs on love. If you want to see people come to Christ, it hangs on love. Nothing else. What is it? Um, I didn't look up the scripture, but it's your kindness... That brings us to repentance. You know, the, the, world, the world gives us this finger, the middle one, because we give them this finger. And that's not what Jesus did. So I cannot get away from this, this verse here of 1 Corinthians 13. It starts in 4. Last time Teresa and I were here, this was our main verse. This is my life verse. This is my litmus test. Am I doing all right? And for some reason, it's not coming up on the screen. So if, 
Everybody knows this. You can turn to it. I'm going to read it to you. So 1 Corinthians 13, 4, it says, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not uh, dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered, even though today I was like easily angered because I was protecting my secretary. <laughs> but um, let's see. Not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. So if I see this guy again, I'm not going to remember his wrong. I'm going to just remember him because God placed him in front of me. Love doesn't delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And then the next verse in the start of 8, it says, love never fails. So we have fear God, keep his commandments. Love God, love people. This is what love is. Love is patient, love is kind, it doesn't envy, it doesn't boast, it is not proud, it, is not, it doesn't dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrong, love does not delight in evil but rejoices in the truth, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. So from the Old Testament to the New Testament to the definition of how we are supposed to act towards everyone. You know, I, I'm so impressed with my wife. I, I love her so much, and you guys probably get tired of hearing, even in, in my personal conversation with you guys, I always bring up Teresa. Why? Because I love her. She is the best part of my life, other than Jesus. I always talk about Jesus. Why? Because he's the best part of my life. But um, when we first moved here 16 years ago, most of you guys know Michael, who stands on the corner at a stoplight by, right before you get on the freeway down Monument Drive. Michael, he's faithful. He goes to his job every single day, standing on that corner begging for money. Sign says 25 cents. 25 cents for a sandwich. Everybody know who I'm talking about? Well, most people know who I'm talking about. So we get there, and we get, we get here, we buy our house, we, um, and Christmas was coming along. I don't know um, how long it was. No, from, we moved into our house September-ish. March? March, wow. Okay, and then all the way to Christmas, she said, She's, she made him a care package, and I, uh, I'm going like, hey, who's that for? And she said, oh, it's, it's for Michael. I, I just wanted to love on him. And she doesn't know Michael. We just moved here, right? She just sees him faithfully right there at that corner. And so, I, so it's time. It's, I think it's Christmas Eve or whatever, and we drive down specifically to give him the box. I'm thinking, okay, she's going to hand him the box through the window. So I just pull up, and I roll her window down, and she says, I want to get out. I'm going, really? Okay. 
So she opens up the door, and she walks over to him, and she says, here, Merry Christmas, Jesus loves you. And he said, thank you very much. And she asked what his name was, because at the time we didn't know who Michael was. And then I remember her, I was still in the driver's seat. She's out there with Michael. And she said, can I give you a hug? That's indelible in my mind. The love of Christ dwells richly in all of us. We can change this world. We can change this city. We can change our family. Because everything hangs on love. We don't have to set out, and it's okay for those who do. I mean, Teresa and I go to Africa, try to go to Africa every year, and we just found a new place in Belize to go every year, or twice a year, or ten times a year. But everything hangs on love. We don't have to... We don't have to plan, hey, tomorrow I'm going to go out witnessing. No. Our lives are a witness. And, and God attracts people. When people see who God truly is, they cannot resist His love because everybody wants to be loved. Everybody wants to know that they are special. And everybody wants to know that, no, God did not make a mistake with you. He planned you very purposely. He has a purpose for your life. You don't have to set out and witness to anybody when the love of Christ dwells in you richly. And he does richly in everybody here hearing this message. Jesus just leaks out of me because why? I'm filled with him. I spend time with him. If you think that spending time, not spending time with Jesus, and you're going to go out and witness, you're going to get beat up. Because first of all, you're going to battle a whole bunch of fear, which you step into religion. I've got to do this because it's my duty instead of, hey, this is my life. I love you. It's so much simpler, so much easier when... You allow the love of Christ to soften your heart. And that's, that's actually a life process. I mean, I've gone out. I've planned. I, I, went, I went witnessing in Bible college in Hennepin Avenue. That's where all the, the prostitutes and the drug dealers in Minneapolis, Minneapolis, Hennepin Avenue. And go out street witnessing. Hey, a whole bunch of us are going to go out street witnessing. Hey, do you know Jesus? No. Hey, do you want to know him? No? Okay, we'll go to the next person. Hey, you know Jesus? No? You want to know him? Sure. Oh, well, hey, here's the four spiritual laws. You want to, you want to repent right now? I actually got a conversion like that once. <laughs> right in, um, in uh, there was downtown on Hennepin, uh, a McDonald's restaurant, and we sat at the table, and, and he actually repented. 
Yeah, I came to Christ. But that was when I was making myself do it because it looked good to the people and it looked good to God and it, it, it wasn't burst out of love, right? I was putting my time card in. See, that's religion. Witnessing just because you're loved, it, it has to do with relationship. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Let's see. So what is your motivation? Are you living with purpose? What is your motivation? Is it, um, I got to do this, or is it, I just love people. I want to be around people. You know, I've, I've heard this my whole life, my whole church life, is um, that you, you have to go witnessing. Um, the motivation of what is your motivation? I forgot where I was going with that. I don't know. One is religion, one is relationship. And in uh, first, uh, Second Corinthians 5.14, just the first part captures me. It says, uh, Paul said that Christ's love compels us. If love doesn't richly dwell into us, it's just a whole bunch of mess. Um, that is Second Corinthians 5.14. I'll, I'll read the whole thing, but I, I'm just using the, the B part of it, or the A part of it, which is Christ's love compels us since we have been, re- since we have reached this complete, Conclusion, if one died for all, then all died. Meaning, my body is not my own. My body is for the Lord. See, I have, I have this, this thing in, in my brain that I go through all the time. I'm going like, God, my wife, my children, the world... And then my business is somewhere down here. If my business was at the top, what, do I, what would I be concerned with? Making money? That's it. All I know is with the business down there, I don't have to worry about it. I have to be diligent with it. I have to work hard. I have to do all the things that's right. But it's, it's kind of like the last thing on my list. God is the most important. Fear God and keep his commandments. Love God, love people. My people, my people is my, my family. And it's you guys. And then it's the people outside this world, outside these walls. It doesn't matter who it is. And I've played favoritisms. I've failed many, many times. And I pray that I get it right more times than I get it wrong. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually hand this over to Teresa. I'm going to hand it over to you, but you, you may not have any pictures. 
That's true. All right. Right here. I think this is working. Or I can, I can just stand really close to you. Okay. All right, she's going to preach now. <laughs> no, Stephen's going to make it right. Now is it working? Oh, thanks, son. Wow, I don't know that I have a lot more to say after all that. That was, oh. yeah. Um, I'm going to kind of go a different direction. This sounds uh-huh. really loud. That's okay. We need to hear you, baby. Okay. Um, so our biggest <laughs> act of evangelism is how we live our life, which that's what Greg is exactly what Greg's been talking about. Um, if you are someone who works out in the workplace... Do your coworkers know that you're a Christian by the way that you live your life? <laughs> Have you ever had anyone come up to you and say, what is so different about you? You don't do this and you don't do that and you're always happy. And Have you ever had that happen? That is living your life out there with Jesus here. So from the outside looking in, My mission field looks pretty limited, but actually it's not at all. I go to a Christian church. I come from a Christian home, and I teach at a Christian school. So it's like, hmm, where's my mission field? Well, that's actually pretty easy because I have a classroom of 12 kids every year, and they're my main mission field. I get to teach them about Jesus every day, stories through songs. I teach them to pray for each other. Someone gets hurt. Come on, guys. Let's pray for this little owie. We have healings in our classrooms. I teach those children Jesus because when they leave my class and they go home, some of the parents, that's the only Jesus that they see is from that little four or five-year-old that spends the day with me. And that's what I want to happen. I want them to be a light in their homes and in their environment, and they can start that little. Mm-hmm. My, second, my second place of, uh, my second mission field would be the parents, because I see them dropping off and picking up every day. And no, I don't get to talk with them very much, but sometimes it just takes a kind word, a good morning, a smile, and you can just totally change somebody's day. And you can shine Jesus into them. God doesn't waste any opportunity, and neither should we, to love on people and draw them to him. Another area that I have in my area of influence is our youth kids in this church. Actually, I would say probably the majority of our youth kids that come here are from outside the church. And I think that's pretty awesome. But every Tuesday night, we get to love on them and show them Christ. And that excites me, and I look so forward to today when they start to really get it. Some of them are there, and some of them don't care. But that's okay. We can still love everybody where they're at, right? And then like Greg mentioned, mentioned, um, we try to go to Uganda every year. We haven't got to go for two years, which has been a real bummer. People over there are waiting for us to come back just as much as we want to go. Um, that's really an incredible place. Um, you know, world missions has always been a part of my heart. 
I started going on world missions when I was 13. I went to France for the first time all summer. Um, but that's not for everybody, and it doesn't have to be. You have to figure out where your area of influence is and where God wants you to affect people, not where he wants me to affect people. So Greg mentioned Michael. People like that have always been just um, on my heart. The lost is really heavy on my heart, really heavy. The hurting out there, um, when I see people around town or wherever I'm at, I'm often praying, they just need you, Jesus. You know, they're, they're doing whatever they're doing, and it's like they're obviously angry or whatever, and I'm just like, Jesus, they, need just, they just need you. Can you send someone, send someone into their path so that they can find you? It won't change. I want the verse. First Peter. Not yet. First Peter. I better do it on my phone. Actually, it's right here in front of me, so you guys just can't see it. Okay. So First Peter three fifteen b says, and if anyone asks about the hope living within you, always be ready to explain your faith with gentleness and respect. So Greg and I recently got to go to Belize. It was a business trip that got totally, immediately hijacked by the Lord. He had different plans than we did. We got there on a Saturday and went to church on Sunday because we often go to church when we're on vacation or wherever we're at. Um, That's just something that we try to do. So we get to church Sunday morning and meet the pastors. It's a, a husband and wife. They're both pastors of the church and spent a lot of time talking to um, the pastor's wife, and she says, "Would you guys, so this is Sunday, would you guys like to share on Tuesday night? And she doesn't usually, she's like really cautious usually, but the Holy Spirit was working in our conversation. I'm like, sure. So little miss, uh, I got to have months to prepare, at least weeks, had less than 48 hours. So guess who had to get out of the way? And guess who got to minister to that body that Tuesday evening, the Holy Spirit, not Teresa. And it went so much better than if I even tried to cram something together in that little amount of time. So we are to be prepared no matter what. We have Christ living within us. That is reason to rejoice and reason to share what God has done for you. No matter where you're at, no matter who God puts before you. So um, this lady here in the middle that Greg is talking to, her name is Rosemary. So we were going um, with the pastor and his family to the Mayan ruins one day, and we were almost there, and this, these two little girls are standing out on the road with this alligator. alligator. So we stop. You know, that's not normal. And they were um, charging you money to get a picture with it. 
It's like, that's cool. Fine. We'll give you some money. So we took pictures with the alligator, and God had set up a divine appointment with Rosemary that day. He knew that she needed us to stop and love on her and her girls. And so that's what we did. Greg's there talking to her. Um, the other guy there is Pastor Corny. Yeah, I know, kind of a weird name, but that's his name. <laughs> anyway, that was just an opportunity that God put before us, and it's just always being in season to share the love of God and who, what he's done for you. So you want to go to the next one, hon? So this is, this is Sunday. Oh, so we did Tuesday night, and then we were asked to do Sunday morning also. Um, so that was us talking Sunday morning at the church over there. Um, so we don't have to cram Jesus down people's lives, down their throats. We just have to love them into finding him. Be who you are in Christ, and people will follow. They will want to follow Jesus when they see him in you. So who has God given you compassion for? Just think for a second. You're doing whatever you're doing in town or whatever. What tugs, who, who tugs at your, your heart? Who do you have compassion for? Or maybe you're here and you're dropping off your kid in Sunday school and you're going, you know, I really wish I could do that, but I, yeah, that's fear. That was me. Six months ago when we shared up here, that was the first time I had done anything like this. This is my fifth time. Satan didn't win. Nope, he ain't going to win. He's not going to shut this mouth anymore because I have too much to tell people about the goodness of God. <laughs> Don't worry, I won't always steal the mic. <laughs> anyway, so that person, that whatever you have compassion for is probably where God wants you. That's your mission field. That's where God wants you to touch lives. At work, for Barb Meyer, it's in the marketplace. God has her out there shining whenever she goes shopping. You go, girl. God didn't call me to do that. Now, we were at Home Depot this past week, waiting and waiting and waiting, and I struck up a conversation with an elderly lady, and we talked and had fun for a half an hour. I didn't share Jesus with her, but I shared a whole lot of love with her. So now I'm praying that God brings her back around because I want to share Jesus with her, not just in my loving actions. So, um, you want to go to the. Oh, this is it. So we did have one day in our nine days of fun in Belize. Um, we got to go cave tubing, zip lining, and to the zoo. So I'm feeding the jaguar there. So it was really cool. We had a Christian realtor because we went there to buy property for our business. Christian tour guide that we hired. It's like everywhere you turn around. I mean, that's not much of a mission field. But you know what? Sometimes you're with Christians that need to hear something different too. Be encouraged or whatever. Have your ears open. Have your eyes open to whatever God is calling you to do, whether they're a Christian or not. Because we all need encouragements in Christians too, right? All right, I think we're about out of time, babe. So 
Yeah, good job, honey. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm excited for the day that she's the only one that gets asked to talk. That'd be awesome. Be yeah, that's cool. <laughs> but um, really, uh, one of the things that I've learned in business, and it's really the heart of God, is you, you live for the success of others, not yourself. Live for the success of others and not yourself. Um, I, uh, I used to witness out of religion. Uh, we're going to skip all this stuff because we don't need to go there. Um, I used to serve out of religion, and then the latter part of my life, I've served out of love. The difference is night and day. Um, but I want, uh, we're going to play this song. Uh, Tony, you're going to get that ready? So we're going to play this, this song here, and I want you guys to close your eyes. You can watch it. You can close your eyes. Just ask the Lord. Um, this, this song is singing about uh, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. And then, but let's, let's hear it and let the Lord move on your heart. And after that, I'm going to come back up. Without love, it all means nothing. 
You know, there's been time and time, everybody who's come to church, they've heard there's lots of hurting people out there. And then also lately, we've, the last couple of years, we've been hearing there's going to be this great influx of people into the church because they're going to see his love. Are you going to take part of that? Are you going to step in? To the purpose that God has created you is to love him and love people. I tell you, the, the, the most exciting thing about seeing people's lives changed is, is uh, well, seeing their lives changed, but if I didn't pursue the heart of God in, in my mornings and all through the day and all through night, um, my heart would still be hard and I wouldn't hear the call. I believe everybody's called. And that's not to convict anybody, but all I know is when you get closer to the Father, you get access to His heart and you see His heart and you have to move upon His heart and He gives you the strength and the power to do whatever needs to be done at any particular time. So let's all stand. If this is lacking in your life, if you want more, if you, if you just want more of Him 
and the residual effect is other people get to see him and get introduced to him. I want you to come forward. Let's, let's make this a, a, a wonderful time with the Lord. If the, the leaders and the, the elders and the, and the leadership team come forward, we want to pray for you because there are hurting people out there. And the only answer is Jesus. There is no other answer. Also, if you, if you don't know him, you're really missing out. You're missing out on knowing the living God who knit and formed you in your mother's womb with purpose. So if you don't know him, please come forward. If you're dealing religio- with religiosity, let's get that off you. Let's get that off you. So, uh, prayer team and elders, where are you guys at? Come on forward. And everybody else, you're dismissed. If you want to s- sit around and, and pray for everybody, that would be awesome. Yes. I just had this word rolling around in my head, and it's a very simple word. This, during this time, I think a lot of us are cast down because just what's going on and The Lord wants you to know that he is the glory and the lifter of your head. So look up. Stop looking down. Amen. So you guys are dismissed.